We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, uh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors or Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. we got Ryan Lasel riding shotgun in the studio with us tonight. And, uh, you know, it's really good to see that, you know, a team can go down in the first half behind a bunch of offensive ineptitude and then come out of the locker room at halftime with a really solid game plan and Go down and just absolutely close out an inferior opponent. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't an Alabama Crimson Tide podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide here. Oh, no. We're here tonight to talk about the Buffalo Bills, which... Whew, it's not going to be that simple. Chris, I'm starting the show with a uh, Living House Beer Company, Harris West Coast IPA. Compliments of Eric Harris. It's almost funny. Harris West Coast. Yeah, they came. the uh, The beer came in like an hour before we started recording, so I immediately put them in the freezer. So hopefully that's cold enough for you to drink. Oh, it's the perfect temperature for an IPA. It's amazing. All right, you want to take a sip of that? Absolutely. For being a West Coast IPA, like see the New England IPAs are a little bit heavier and hazier. That's clean. Yeah, it's good. It's it good. drinks clean, and it's light on the palate. It's a little piney, but not overpowering. Nothing that like some Ithaca beer snob would be like, well, actually, it's got nine different citrus. Shut up. It's a drinkable IPA. You've Absolutely. already convinced me. Now stop selling it, you hipster. Get back in your Subaru. <laughs> Get back in your Subaru before I start a fire. Here's my IPA right here. Yeah. Oh, oh. Seagram's for Chris. Woo! Get some! Chris, how bad is that Seagram's? 
on the scale of like you had them all. What's the flavor? How bad? Blueberry is that? acai lemonade. Oh god, that sounds awful. Chris, it, um, it's worse than the usual ones, isn't it? It it's, it's bad. It's pretty sweet. He goes, it uh, it stings the nostrils. You know what he's doing? <laughs> He's treating that Seagram's like a lot of people are treating Ken Dorsey today. <laughs> nice and delicate. Holding their nose, knowing it's awful, but trying to justify the outcome. Mm. So, of course, like all things, obviously no one listens to my draft prognostication. Nobody listens to the things. There's a reason for that. Because when I get behind an idea or if I'm really sold on something, then obviously a lot of the times it just goes tits up and dies. Like a goldfish when you were like eight that you wanted to fare. So can you throw me a water? Yeah, you. <laughs> I can't have beer tonight. I got to go to work. So you hands, you might also like, I don't know. Do you want some epinephrine? Like that, that also might be Bill's fans after Thursday night, depending on how the offense comes out. Yeah. I can only imagine if I like go to work tonight and they're like, we heard you did a podcast tonight and you uh, were, were drinking on it. Well, I was only a Seagram's and then they go to, do like a breathalyzer, and they're like, all right, you pass. But you might have diabetes. <laughs> also, you need to go seek medical attention Diabetes so bad we can pick it up through a breathalyzer. That's bad. So here's what I'll say as we kind of lead tonight's show off. I take a look at Sean McDermott, and I take a look at Ken Dorsey, and I take a look at Josh Allen. So, so much of the discourse in the last, the what, the 18 hours we're not even what, 24 we're now 24 hours and change removed it's a perfect game for you to recap yeah 24 hours 24 after hours it later happened. on the fly because everyone goes well drew he'll eventually sober up and find some nuance whatever i wasn't drunk i was sober for that nonsense i had to take it in the eyes like a man like i it was literally getting jabbed in the eyeballs with the uh Three Stooges style. <laughs> and I had no choice but to sit there and fucking take it. Because I can't scream at the TV. My, if I say the word shit in front of my son, immediately just, <gasps> bad word. Or when I get on a tear and I go, I don't care. Yeah. He just kind of whispers, Daddy said a bad word. <laughs> I can hear him whispering to my wife, Daddy said a bad word. He, he said it. So I try to limit this because I know he'll repeat it. That team crushed me yesterday. Like you guys did what? And I th and I should I shouldn't be shocked by anything this team does. And yet I was because I was led to believe that you guys had developed this roster, this quarterback, this coaching staff to a degree that you could not lose to a team that only threw like your quarterback whose average yards per throw was 3.3 yards. I'm sorry. I thought you had built something here. I'm the one who's... In fact, I don't need you to apologize to me. I don't want everyone's like, they need to come out and say they're sorry and uh, lament and tell us all the ways they're going to fix it. No, no, no. This is my fault. This is my fault for believing in you. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Guys, you look at what happened yesterday and, like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't have to do anymore. The only thing I did, and I did put it in our group chat. It didn't get the laugh I thought it deserved, so I'm bringing it to the podcast. All I can think of when you get the three of them together, Dorsey, Allen, McDermott. Everyone goes, well, 
who this guy's to blame. No, that guy's to blame. No, this guy's to blame. And I go, I don't fucking care. Give me a football game that goes the way it's supposed to go for the money that I've seen you spend and the time that you spent on task and what you all sell yourselves to be. They are Michael Scott from The Office. And all I can think of is Jan. Remember the episode, Ryan, when he's getting. I I knew it as soon as you started the quote. The deposition. Yeah. Where they're talking, they're reading Jan's performance review of Michael Scott. And they say, what? I am out of carrots. (laughs) I'm out of sticks. Time and again, he has proven to be an unmanageable employee. The problem is, is that unlike her suggestion to relegate Michael Scott back to sales where he belongs, there's nowhere to send these people back to. Josh Allen is an NFL star quarterback who for some reason is muzzled to a degree that he is unrecognizable from rookie C.J. Stroud from like you. Kenny Pickett, you're. For three quarters of every game for the last three weeks, you have looked no different than Kenny Pickett. Now what? And I think now what do we do? I think one of the one of the biggest problems I have is that he he just doesn't look like he's having fun. And None that was of one it, of the things that was one of the things about Josh, right? Like he was the golden retriever. He was always out there having a good time. He'd throw a pick. And the next time down, he'd, he'd uncork a 65-yard ball to Gabe Davis, and he'd go run down the field flexing. Like Everything about this team that I was led to believe would be better is now broken. And I mean everything. True. Top to the bottom. True. What? one nothing Canadians. <laughs> and, of course, the Sabres are losing. Yeah. So that's fine. That's great. Listen, listen I'm, I'm like Will Ferrell inside the suit in Blades of Glory, where I'm out there at the ice capades, I'm hammered in this thing. I'm this what f- three? Only six. one of those is mine. So I'm <laughs> so so I'm I'm six drinks in, and I'm just in a suit. Let it rain down on me. Yeah. What 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 else? What else do you have? I, I don't built care. Bill Murray and Kingpin. Yeah, Bill Mur- <laughs> Bill like Bill like this is it. Buffalo sports can't hurt me anymore. I think I've reached that point, and it's only week eight. What I do, what I hate, everything is broken. Everything that was working well in our victories and the games where we looked so impressive, our pass protection. Josh Allen was pressured on forty-one percent of his dropbacks against a team with no Matt Judon. Right now, Torrance is really struggling. Yeah, yeah, he's he's looking like a rookie. Mitch Morse is struggling, mm-hmm. and you wonder why Torrance is doing poorly. And all of a sudden, you go, "Well, wait a minute! One of your most veteran offensive linemen is having a bad stretch. Mm-hmm. Three consecutive games where he does not look the part of a starting center in the NFL." If you had told me that they had swapped him out for one of the weird backups going on in uh, the, in the in New Jersey down there for the Giants. I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. If you take the nameplate off and you watch his play, Morse already looks washed. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's great. Uh, pass rush has evaporated. We're no longer generating meaningful pressure that dictates play. Our pass catching has fallen apart. Wide receivers dropping balls, missing things they could have. Quarterback just firing 500-mile-an-hour passes to guys who can't possibly catch that passing accuracy 
How many touch passes did Josh miss? Just mm-hmm. miss. And everyone goes, the first well, one of the game. And everyone goes, well, that's probably the effect. No, later in the game, there was a play where if he just has a little bit more touch and drops it in the bucket to Kincaid, he's probably still running down the sideline with momentum, and it's an easy touch. Well, it was the, the Diggs ball, the, the, the one deep ball that they dialed up, and he overthrew Diggs. Oh, no, I'm not even talking about that. No, I know, but there, that's another example of one. And they go, well, and now everyone starts coming out, you know, banged up bills you know, on Twitter. Our friend Kyle Trimble, he's like, well, that's a byproduct of the shot. Okay. Yeah. But you knew that. You knew that was a thing you were going to deal with. Yeah. I so, so your accuracy's done. You're catching, your pass rush, your pass protection. Your run defense and tackling have now decided to fail you in a very critical moment. You're kicking. Like, your kicking unit is comprised of players who you handpicked. There are no new faces. These are two two gentlemen, and Reed Ferguson and Tyler Bass, who you chose to extend. You chose to keep these gentlemen around. You chose to keep a punter. Who I, punters are punters or punters are punters. No one gives a fuck about a punter. No. You chose to hang on to this one. I don't care what's wrong. You need to stop missing field goals. It almost cost us a week ago. I don't know what impact this week would have had on decision-making on New England's part if the scoreboard looked a little different. But what I do know is you can't miss fucking field goals. Not when you've extended your kicker. When you have decided as a football team, that's the guy. I have so much confidence in that guy that I'm giving him a contract extension. It's it's the definition of... The casual fan who yells at games, you have one job, right? Yep. Like, you have one job. is just make field goals. And what's frustrating when you look at all these broken dynamics is that there isn't a large number of extended or retained players who make up the crux of everything that went wrong this weekend. You chose, rather than to move on from Tim Settle and to try to get better, you said, no, he's willing to take a pay cut so I can live with Tim Settle. Can you? Can you live with Tim Settle being one of your starting defensive tackles? I think we now know the answer is no. Yeah. When you, I wa- you made the decision to not use Gabe Davis in a trade to go upgrade at wide receiver two. I'm arguing with Greg Thompson in a group chat that I have with him with his cousin and Justin Hulberg, friend of the show. And I'm making my typical hyperbolic statements, but I, I, I said, I go, it's crazy to me that I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. Here you are playing a team that does not separate well. It's, it's made, this is, you're seven weeks into an NFL season and three of your wide receivers are in the NFL's basement for separation stats. Okay, so then you should lean on this team and instead we're playing seven yards of cushion and then you watch Dane Jackson at the start of a snap back up two yards and give the slant route that gets nine for a first down. And I go, what the fuck are we doing here? And they go, well, Dane Jackson's not that fast. And they're worried about him getting beat. You chose that. You picked him to be your depth option. So then what you're telling me is that you literally on purpose tied one hand behind your back when it came to who your personnel was because he was cheap. Fuck you. That means you're not creative. As a coach, as a talent evaluator, as someone who... Brandon Bean gets a lot of credit for making savvy moves and smart signings. And he, and I don't dislike 
a lot of the things we've done recently in the draft. Terrell Bernard is now showing yeah, like, hey, so. that was that was all right. Yeah, we bagged on it. All right, he needed a year. Now he's seasoned. He looks the part of a of a quality NFL linebacker. What I don't like, though, is that in order to make a move, what people don't understand, in order to make a move on from Dane Jackson, what you need is a coach who goes to the GM and says, hey, I need another corner. Mm -hmm. This is a problem. I know we just drafted one in the first round, but I need another corner because I can't exist with what I have. McDermott isn't pushing for that. Yeah, I think the overarching... And, and I kind of like put this together as we were getting ready to, to go live. The, the overarching sense of things that I get is that McDermott likes to let his players. He has a lot of faith in his players. Okay. You know who else did? Uh, Roy Williams is why I thought he was as a Carolina Tar Heels fan. I thought for all of his panache and all of his pedigree, he was one of the worst NCAA head coaches but, because he could recruit. And he could bring you talent, right? And but he, and here's the thing, right? So it, so Von Miller, who's now hurt again, they let him dictate when he was came ready. back too early. Yep, we can make we can probably make the argument that he came back too early now, right? You get rid of Brian Dable, and you let Josh Allen pick your offensive coordinator. You need a tight end. You let Josh Allen dictate. Let's extend Dawson Knox. We'll give him the contract that he needs. You go to your coach as a GM, and you go. Sean, we feel like we're a little thin at corner. Can you make it work? And McDermott goes, yeah, I can, I can make it work with these guys. End of story. So you know what they do when they go out and you lose your all-pro corner? You sign Josh Norman off the street. You know what the Eagles did today? They just traded for when they Kevin found out Byer. that they, when, when they had struggles at safety yesterday against the Dolphins, they went out and traded for Kevin Byard, a former all-pro. Because they say, listen, we're and, serious about winning a Super Bowl. And they Bowl. made it in a way where they only accrued $1.09 million in salary cap. So for all the credit we give this front office, there are other teams who are, you know, I get a text from Justin Yulberg that just says, this is not a serious organization. Na- name me. I, I can't argue with him yeah. because I look at what's happening here on the field and I look at the people you brought in to man this football team. I look at the fact that some of the guys that you signed, Raps tackling is brutal. Mm-hmm. He takes bad angles and he can't tackle. Dodson is taking snaps for you. Fucking let Dorian Williams run around and look lost out there. At least he'll learn something. Dodson's too old. He's not going to learn anything else. He's just limited, which is why he was an undrafted free agent. But therein lies, again, lies the issue with Sean. We don't have any depth behind Milano. What do you want to do? Oh, he's fine. We're, we're fine back there. I got faith in, I got faith in my guys. It's, it's fucking brutal, man. To watch that game, your quarterback literally puts the entire team on his back, gets you the lead, does the thing. Poyer makes the punch out. We're going for it. We score. We win. We're winning. For the first time all day, we have a fucking lead. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is not let the worst offense in football go 70 yards. On the first play, you give up a screen pass that goes the length of the field. And even and even in that moment, even in that moment, it felt like the way that the offense was playing, it felt like I could live with overtime. We're going to win this game. If I told it goes to overtime. I told my wife we were done, and I went out and I started the turkey fryer so I could go make chicken wings because I knew I was like, no, I've seen this movie, 
And this iteration of the Buffalo Bills in 2023 is every bad Bills movie I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And they didn't disappoint me. And that's the most disappointing part about it, is that I can now predict what a flop you are on defense. And you can tell me all that. I've heard all the excuses. Oh, you lost this all pro and you did this and then the... Are you not an NFL caliber head coach? Right? Your pedigree was defensive coordinator. This is what you do. This is why we don't have a defensive coordinator right now. We didn't go out and seek out a Gus Bradley or a, uh, who was the guy who's there? Jim Schwartz. We didn't go out and seek out a, uh, Mike, a Vic Fangio or Mike Pettin because you're the guy. So you don't get to turn around and tell me that you're somehow not responsible. Well, and, and there a lay like, well, you know, we're facing a lot of adversity. No, 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 no. You're so good. You're supposed to be able to overcome that. And if not, then you should have gotten someone else who's talented in your corner. And, and there and therein lies the issue with 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 McDermott. This isn't Andy Reid or Nick Sirianni. Or Sean McVay, who lost four defensive starters and they're struggling on the defensive side of the football, right? This is Th- what you those do are here. offensive guys, right? So you, so if you look at a head coach and you go, you "Hey, you're struggling defensively." Your answer is, "Listen, we're dealing with injuries. We're working through it. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out what to like." This is what you came up doing. You're you exist to, because of this, right? You're supposed to. If there's a uh, if there's a an injury on the defensive side of the football, you're supposed to, as a defensive minded coach, you're supposed to scheme it, patch it, cover it up, fix it somehow, right? Like that's your no. job as the defensive no, no, guy. No, 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 no. Instead, what's happening is when you watch the way the offense runs, everyone goes, "Oh, our look!" And mind you, James Cook has been fantastic yes. this year. He's been fantastic this year. And it frustrates me because I don't want to shit on him. I don't want to crap all over what Kincaid's been doing because he's been getting more and more involved. Shakir finally yeah. is is present. He looks impactful. He's making plays. But this thing is a reflection of who runs it. Yeah, and- I mean, instead of instead of defensively fixing it, Right. Instead of going out, going to Bean and saying, you know, I need help. Go, you know, we got to go all in. We got to make a trade for a defensive player. Instead, what's happened is it seems as though he's gone to Dorsey and said, I need you to keep my defense off the field. So I need you to put long, sustained drives together. Yep. So my defense doesn't have to play defense. And for anybody who says it's bullshit. First of all, I want you to read the quote. Now, this is from today's press conference. It literally started airing as we were recording. He and I watched it. First, I just want, I think it's best read by Ryan, and then we're going to fill in a little context. So Ken Dorsey was asked what his relationship with Sean Sean McDermott and what McDermott's input on the offense is as the head coach. And Ken Dorsey says, Sean McDermott has, quote, some input on the Bills offense. And, quote, philosophical ideas of what he wants to see. And that is mixed in with our offense. Uh, can, I, can I start by asking, Ken, if you're being held hostage, blink twice in your next press conference. I want you all to go to buffalobills.com and watch the interview. When he answers this question, I've never seen this body language on a person who is 
a confident person who was answering like, like, oh my God, you just asked me a loaded question. I'm going to get myself in trouble. He has all the body language of a guy who knows that this is not what he wants and he's doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, I pair this up with I have on good authority because there's a lot of things I know, right? Like, I don't talk about, hey, Chris, hashtag sources. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> Although I, I love some of them. Some of them, but most of them can kick rocks. Um, they, they, I have sources. I know for a fact that the Jaguars game last year was a breaking point in a certain relationship, or no, two years ago. Two years ago. 2021. Yeah. Was a breaking point where someone had to go to somebody else and apologize for trying to ham fist a running game. And that it was a major point of contention. And that it, it created ill will that couldn't be undone. That it had that a, a certain someone asserting that the Bills had to be a running football team that had balance, right? Because that was going to be the thing that won a Super Bowl. Can I read this when you're done? Hang on. So <laughs> that was going to be the thing that would bring us to prominence. And after that Jaguars game, there was a very heated conversation in which Sean McDermott abdicated control of the offense, and you watched what we did afterwards. Now, believe me, don't believe me, I don't care because I'm not here for you. I'm here for me tonight <laughs> now go ahead and read what you have there in front of you. so nate geary went back and chris this is going to be a, a trivia question for you i'm going to pull you in on this podcast nate geary went back and charted every second down and four or less so second and four or less until the final two drives where they were in catch-up mode second and four james cook run second and two james cook run second and three james cook run Second and four, Chris, finish the sentence. James Cook run and more fantasy points for me. Second and two, James Cook run. Second and four, James Cook run. So six times on, before the final two drives of the game, six times the team faced second and four or less. Now, I'm someone who does Division three football, right? Like that's not this is not something to toot my horn about. I do play by play for the Division three Brockport Golden Eagles football team. Have done it sixth season. I'm doing it with Mario Granada. An elemental, I call it during the games. Everyone's impressed that I do it, right? Coach Mangoni, the head coach, if he gets into a second and third, second and fourth or shorter, he's taking a shot downfield. Yeah, that's a fundamental part because you of his should. offense. If you're in a it's second a play. Second and two, second and three. What's the worst case scenario that happens besides an interception? Third and three. You're an NFL team led by a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback that you decided to pay a quarter of a billion dollars for who has arguably the largest arm that we have ever seen in the NFL and a wide receiver that is a top Five, three wide receiver in the NFL, and you're scared of third and three. You're scared of third and four. It's scared to the point where you're not willing to take a shot downfield. You took one shot, and that was Stefan Diggs yesterday. In a game where you schemed up, and this is again Nate Geary, credit to him. In a game where you schemed up one shot downfield to Diggs that worked, he got behind the defense. Josh Allen overthrew him. You have six second short situations to give yourself a chance at a big play. And at worst, you're left with a third and manageable. But because we have a 
conservative head coach. Oh, hang on. Who doesn't and, want to take a and, shot. And Nate makes it worse here. I'm looking at it. They were all the same exact run play. Yep. All all seven of those plays that he just read off those second and shorts, they were all the same runs. For for a for a quarterback in Josh Allen who Coming into this season, every pregame that Bills fans have watched, what's the biggest thing that the analysts talk about with Josh Allen? When he drops back, you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to uncork a 60-yard bomb. You don't know if he's going to throw it short. You don't know if he's going to take off and run. We now know he's not running. You've neutered him. You've You've neutered him. It's what we talked about in the previous podcast. You need to make your peace with what you hate about your football team and what you hate about your quarterback's tendencies because those are the things that make you special. And if you don't harness them, you will die. You'll you'll just die a mediocre death. You are just another pissant mediocre football team dying, except you're doing it with a elite talent. That you are pissing away. You're, you're doing it with. You're doing it with. It's a choice. A quarterback, the They're, most important position in all of pro sports. A quarterback who twenty nine teams would kill. Twenty nine teams in the NFL would give up their franchise for Josh Allen right now and with yet, his contract and talent combined. And so you are choosing to make the thing that makes your franchise special just another guy. Mm-hmm. You're doing it intentionally, and at this point, it becomes malfeasance. Do you think? Do you think that the the Buffalo Bills got six primetime games last year and this year because they want to watch Sean McDermott coach a defense? This is it. Cla- so. Clap on the sidelines when things don't go the right way and say, "Come on, guys, we'll get them next time." You think that's what the NFL goes? Yeah, let's put that on primetime football six times this year. I'm out of sticks. <laughs> I'm out of carrots. I have nothing else. There is nothing else that anyone can do. Terry Pagula is the only one who can step in here and go, guys, let's end this fucking lunacy because you're making us all look bad. But I don't know where his head's help, at. Help us, Terry. You're our only hope. Uh, guys, do I have to start flying a plane? And, Chris, like the Jets fans who were fighting. And, and say, say what you want about. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say what I want. This is what I'm going to say. This goes back to something I started texting you all about and was smart enough not to bring to the podcast until now because now it's timely. <laughs> Last season, during the Kansas City Chiefs game, we were struggling, and it looked like things were going to go south. I kept calling Sean McDermott John Fox. I kept trying to have the conversation about John Fox and the the, the Peyton Manning Broncos and how it's cool that you're this – yeah, you're throwing. You got a quarterback who's throwing you 50 touchdowns. He's setting the touchdown single season record, and it doesn't fucking matter because when it matters, you're gonna your team will turtle, and people know that. They just know they need to hit you hard enough, punch you hard enough, keep fighting you. You'll implode and then fuck up and then shelter and die. The Broncos come off a Super Bowl loss. Everyone goes, well, they got to the Super Bowl. That should be good enough, right? Mm -hmm. They fire their coach, and they bring in an offensive guru. Now, mind you, Peyton Manning is a shell of himself. He goes out there the next season, and he's clear he's washed. Mm -hmm. They win a Super Bowl that year. Why? Because their coach understood that the defense is defense is defense. Defense no longer wins titles. Now it's what do you do with the talent you have and can you squeeze just enough out of what's left here in order to win a title? And he figured it out. Gary Kubiak did the job. John Fox was content to just, well, my defense is amazing and my offense is scoring 50. 
you are so conservative as a coach that you had to be fired. You had to be taken away from what was going to be a Super Bowl team because it can't win with you here. Mm -hmm. You are an impediment to everything we're trying to do. I, I feel like this thing, this conversation we keep having, the blame keeps getting passed around. Ryan, here's what I want to ask you. If we're insurance adjusters and we just walked into a car crash that is this fucking New England game, and we're trying to figure out who's actually to blame, you've got guys like this, like Kevin Massara here, who we've made no bones about. Like, I don't have to sugarcoat this. Kevin, I, I don't dislike you as a person, but holy shit, do you tweet some things. Uh, what is this? Draft value ranking. Yeah. DVR, which is different from DVOA, different from all, all the all the acronyms. Okay. Uh, Chris, do, the draft value ranking? Draft value ranking. Doesn't it sound uh, oddly familiar? Yeah. Wasn't there some other idiot that tried to have a website that was like, hey, I'm going to score the draft. And we were like, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> do you win games or not? Yeah. I don't need you to tell me that one team has historically drafted better than the other because the draft value score of this, who gives a fuck? Did you win the game? Did this team draft enough guys who changed the course of that football game? If not, I don't give a shit. Yep. You score whatever you want. What does the scoreboard say? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's where the bills currently live. And now Kevin's doubling down on this nonsense by trying to defend Oh, Brandon Bean's done a great job. Look at the draft value. Who gives a fuck? Do you know who's oddly missing from this list? Who? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't see the Chiefs anywhere on this list. Yeah. So that... Man, I wish they would draft a little better. You think their fans yeah. wish, wish the, the Chiefs yeah, were a little Chris, bit better on DV, DVR? Kurt, 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 D, DVR? Wait, DVR? DVR? I was like, oh, wait, what the fuck is he talking about? Oh, no, yeah, the DVR. Yeah. DVR, I'm trying, DBS, I'm trying to be DVOA. hip and, you, and, and call it the, the, the DVA, DVR, because everybody knows what that means, right? D, I'm going to put a gun in my mouth if they come up with another <laughs> fucking Back acronym. to the offense. Bo Body. Bobati. 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 <laughs> What's the first letter stand for? <laughs> what is the first letter? And that's it. That's what I feel like. I'm I, I like it. It's Creed Branton standing around going, I've got an acronym. I don't know what it means yet. Let's figure it out together. What the fuck are we doing? 
This is a team that has flaws and has problems, and it extends beyond just the players. It's not just players failing to execute. It's coaches failing to recognize the limitations of the players. It's coaches failing to recognize that it's not a good idea to give cushion to bad wide receivers. It's coaches not recognizing that, hey, maybe I don't need to ham-fist Dawson Knox into all these passing situations and drop designed plays for this guy when realistically there's a more sure-handed tight end. Sure, he's a rookie. But who gives a fuck? He's better than that guy. He's caught 35. And he's healthy. He's caught 35 of his 37 targets this year. And he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So why wouldn't you put him in that position? Run the same route. Make it for Knox or Kincaid instead of Knox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know what they did? We die on the hill of coaching. Yeah. And then we take our frustrations and we go, Josh is broken. This is broken. The players aren't good enough. The tackling, the tackling just, you might not be able to fix that. They might just be a bad tackling defense. They have been for the pretty much since McDermott. But again, got it here. goes back to coaching. Like, you can't, you can teach guys how to tackle. I can this is the you NFL. Though, can it's you? It's the NFL. These guys know how to tackle. So, so, what are you, so the question is, what are you doing? I don't know. And this just goes back to the other show that we were talking about. I don't know. Right, like I don't know the answer. I'm not going to be the guy on Twitter who I'm gonna I'm gonna say like I think this is they should do this. I don't know. I'm not an NFL head coach. It's not my job to know. You know whose job it is to know how to fix the tackling? Sean McDermott. It's his job to know. And this is it. And yet we're still here. So if I'm being the insurance adjuster who's trying to figure out how to assign blame here, here's what I'm looking at. I've got a quarterback who goes thermonuclear in the middle of games and just sets some people on fire for a handful of drives, and that's it. And that either wins or loses. Like, that's it. That's his best effort, and it's worth at least 14 points a game where it's just the Josh Allen show and nothing matters, and it's him freewheeling, Mm -hmm. just making shit up as he goes. That should terrify everybody, Mm -hmm. that that guy can by himself make up 14 points in a football game. That's why Vegas doesn't want to bet against us, because they know the day that they go low and they say, well, this is a two and a half point game. Josh Allen's going to go fourth quarter Josh Allen and just light them on fire. At the same time, he's not without blame in this. He makes some poor decisions. And I think that I think he's all I can do is I can go back to the end of last year. When they go, oh, Stefan Diggs is screaming at Josh Allen. There's fracturing. They're not getting along, whatever. But then the sideline audio gets picked up. And all you can hear is Stefan Diggs yelling, stop listening to that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Diggs knows yeah. who Josh Allen is. He knows what's been going on. And he sees what happens in those meeting rooms, how this goes, how the installation process happens. If Diggs is, I'm sorry, if Diggs is not on your side when it comes to Josh, he's on Josh Allen's side. If he's not on Dorsey's side, then neither am I. Yeah. I'm done. I'm finished here. You know the, you, what, but, but after watching that press conference today, yeah, whose fault is that? Is, 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 is he literally just being held hostage by a coach who says, I know better you're here because I said so and because that quarterback said so. So you're going to – and he, te- again, second season as an offensive coordinator. Does he not know enough to tell Sean McDermott, listen, Sean, stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine? Brian Dable did. Mm-hmm. But Brian Dable also had two years to Chris. How many years? At least three years of NFL head coaching experience plus 
He had a national title collegiately before he came to Buffalo. Dable had established himself. Dorsey was just kind of like, hey, thanks guys for picking me. Mm -hmm. How much of an obligation does that guy now feel after watching that guy's, I'm telling you, go watch the presser. The way he answers the question about how much influence Sean has on the offense, I now have a whole different perspective on how this whole thing is happening. And then I look at our head coach and our defensive coordinator and I go, well, if you don't let a dog shit offense walk you down the field and score a game winning touchdown, we're not having this conversation. So fuck you. (laughs) I would put most of the blame in Sean McDermott's lap where I think it belongs. And ultimately it doesn't matter because there's a game this week. There's a game in three days. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he's up for this one, but I don't know. And if he's not, and if we're looking back at this, like this is the watershed moment for this team where they really did just expose who they actually are, and the franchise did nothing, and then going into next offseason, they choose to do nothing, we now know we're signing up for more of the drought. Mm-hmm. We know we're, we've backslid. We've done the thing that semi-successful franchises. Chris, your earlier take. The Chargers? Yeah, yeah. Let's expand on that a little bit for everybody. It's the early, could be on the path to be the early aught Chargers. Good for 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, sometimes 13 wins, home playoff game, and you lose and you barely make it to the AFC title game. And You're just a consistent playoff team and that's it. And realistically, nobody, nobody ever remembers you or knows that you existed. No. Great. Wonderful. I'm glad that we've done this. So now, all we can hope is they can unfuck themselves. Before we give our final thoughts, we have to, Chris, have to run down the people who have it worse than Buffalo Bills fans. The worst! Can we start with the uh, Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley? He's kind of a marked man right now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... Like, you, I mean, he's, he's a marked man because he's not a very good coach, though. But this is it. So you're a guy who, I was telling Chris earlier, like, you, you lost 31-17. to 31-17, a lot like the Eagles' final score, to your divisional rivals, the Kansas City Chiefs, who last year they lost two games, basically, like, on last-minute plays. They had the game in the balance of a single play, and their offense couldn't perform. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon Staley. Chris, can you pull up his win percentage or just go to go to pro football? Yeah, I'll pull it up. You want to know uh, my thing on this? Well, when he got hired, when Brandon Staley got hired, mm-hmm. do you remember who else was up for that job? Who? Anthony Lynn? Brian Dable. Oh, Brian Dable. Was so, you could be seeing right now a Chargers-led team. Can you imagine? Yeah, just imagine Justin Herbert with in a Brian Dable. Offense. Brian Dable, that could be in the AFC. Instead, you chose Brandon Staley. He's got a five twenty five win percentage, twenty one and nineteen You're, over two and a half seasons. You hired a you hired a five hundred coach, and listen, Ron Rivera has proven that five hundred coaching will it can keep you around for a while. Yeah, the problem is is that they just they just extended their quarterback. Yeah, give him a lot of money. Which means that the franchise 
recognizes that you are the future. Well, then if we talk about the transitive property, if you're the future, and even though the team has been bad, statistically, playoff-wise, like you had one playoff appearance and your defense shit the bed in the second half and you lost the game. You have one playoff appearance in the last how many years? They were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, after the, but prior to that. How many years do you have to go back to find a playoff appearance for them? Let me look. You literally have been struggling for a long time. You 2022, found... 2018, 2013. Okay. So you've had gaps where you haven't even been in the show. You finally make it. You shit the bed again. Okay. No win, but you made the playoffs. We've decided that Justin Herbert is the answer for this franchise. Well, that's almost, by default, saying we don't believe that Brandon Staley... Like, you can't be the problem, but we're a two-win team. (laughs) We're a two-win football team seven weeks into the season. Who's the problem, then? It's just process of elimination. Brandon Staley right now is in a lot of trouble. That guy's going to be unemployed. How long do you think it takes? Do you think this is a mid-season firing? Mm, I, I guess I'd have to I'd have to look at their coordinators. I don't know who. Why got. Why did you think Kellen Moore took that job this offseason? I forgot oh, Kellen Moore is there. So did, yeah. wait, did he just Doug Marone him? Where he yeah. goes, he goes, hey, I'll do. When Doug Marone joined the Jaguars that year, knowing as the offensive line coach, but hadn't negotiated that he was the assistant head coach, he knew. He goes, Gus Bradley stinks. When he gets fired, I'm going to take this. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if they if Staley gets canned midseason, it's going to be Kellen Moore. So here's what I want to see. Which is interesting because usually it's not – usually if you make a move like that, you don't bring in a first-time head coach to be the interim. Yeah. Usually it's a guy and who's done it. Also, you'd want to keep Herbert happy. Yeah. Here's what, here's what sucks. The Chargers are 11th in points for their team. They're 8 in total yardage. Those are pretty solid metrics in the NFL. You are also 31st in yardage against, and you're 25th in points against. So it's a lot like we were talking about tonight with Sean McDermott. Why are you here? We already identified what our future looks like. What else are you? Okay, so you, Sean McDermott will always get credit for breaking the drought. Awesome. You did a thing for me. You built the franchise. You built the roster. You, we have veterans. We have all these things. Now what do you do for me? You raised me to here, but I need to be here. If you can't take me here, then I can't, I can't be here. Like, I can't be stuck in limbo with you forever. That's Marvin Lewis territory. Yeah. I saw, I saw brother, brother Bill actually tweeted it out after the game on Sunday, and I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was well said. Sean McDermott will take a bad roster to the wild card. He'll also take a great roster to the wild card. And that's it. This is who you are as a coach. So at a certain point, the Chargers are going to look at Brandon Staley and go, you are a guy who's taking one of the best offenses and is a defensive head coach. You're a shit show. You can't coordinate a defense that can help this matter. So we got to move on. At what point will the Bills have the balls to do that? What, one AFC title game appearance saves his job for how long? How long do we have to stand here in memoriam and go, 
Well, he's been. It's like the Joe Paterno thing. All the rape allegations aside, it's the, hey, you're not good anymore. Well, but the nostalgia of you being here and what you've done for this program somehow, somehow is more important than what you're putting on the field today. Well, it's it's the point, and I I don't know who it was. I you you retweeted something that I tweeted yesterday about Dorsey. Yep. About oh, this is a, I said this is a game. This is a, the, the, a result that someone needs to lose their job. Yeah. Uh, out of this result yesterday, don't care who and. The response was, well, what's your option if it's not Dorsey? And my, res- my my answer was, I don't care. The question is, is is it working or not? If it's not working, then what difference does it make whether it's Dorsey or Joe Brady? If it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Bring in Joe Brady. It's, fucking- it's, de- it's devil you know versus devil you don't, right? And if the devil you know isn't working, then go get me the devil you don't. Exactly. Because I- it can't get worse. No. Nope, right? No, like it, it can't it, get worse by than losing to the to the one in five Patriots. No. No, it cannot. Uh also, people who have it worse than us, Kareem Jackson. One of the first players suspended for egregiously flaunting the uh, personal foul rule since Vontez Perfect. Yeah. That's why. How many games did he get? Four. Four. Yeah. It's not surprising. He'll and he'll appeal it down to two, right? Like that's I don't think goes. you allow him to appeal that. These were all Oh, the, he'll, he'll appeal when it. You they'll watch, appeal sure. Appeal it. He, but, he did appeal it. But yeah, I think that the, but I feel like they should uphold this. Have you seen the plays? Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah. It's some of the dumbest defensive plays I've ever seen. This is a guy who's throwing his body around there trying to hurt people. They're stupid hits. They're outside of the like I've watched Jordan Poyer be flagged for much, much less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've watched that for much, much less. It's wild to me that that's a thing you're gonna like you're gonna attempt this in a game. They're and they're dangerous hits too. And I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. And he's already concussed multiple people. Get, so now they're looking yeah. at it going, You're a safety issue. Mm-hmm. We have to step in and do something. Yeah. Kareem Jackson is gonna miss four games and a bunch of time. And it's just, it comes for a Denver team that's like just trying to find its stride. Like they're trying anything just to get their thing going. And they go, oh, we have a good player. Well, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Kareem Jackson's like, ah, fuck. I almost wonder if it's on purpose. He's like, man, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm tired of getting beat. I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm tired of getting blockers into the third level of the field. He goes, dude, I'm a safety. If I see another guard in my face, yeah, I'm going to hit everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking everybody out. It's just interesting, and that's a it's a massive loss. But nobody had more losses than the uh, the Dolphins' offensive line coach. Ooh. How do you think this week's gonna go for him? He's gonna go in there and go, "Hey, Lester Cotton, hey, former Alabama alum, you suck. <laughs> You're, yeah. You just showed your ass to everyone on Sunday night. The whole country watched you stink. You took a touchdown off the board with a holding call, a blatant holding that ruined." and ruined what could have been a productive drive and also might have derailed all the momentum we were trying to build towards coming back in this football game. You know what the Dolphins have coming up next week? What's that? Get right game. Of course. Against the Patriots. Because they have good coaching. (laughs) It's sad. I trust their coaching. I trust trust McDaniels, yeah. I trust him to figure out what's going on with the offense. It's weird that we do that, right? Like, all of a sudden, somebody comes in who just looks sharper 
seems to know what they're doing. And you go, oh, an offensive guy. Oh, that's what an offense is supposed to look oh, like. Oh, because offense wins in football. Yeah. Awesome. So it's offensive coaches just winning all the way around. And I have this guy, Sean McDermott, who it's like, look, I, I love you for what you did for my franchise. Yeah. The shine has worn off you. And for me, Bean. I mean, Chris, at this point, let's get our final thoughts here as we wrap this thing. Hold on. People who have it worse. Mooney's on Union. Oh, boy. Closed down. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Mooney's, Mooney's on Union is closed. Can, so. I, can I say this? I can reminisce about that place for an hour. Well, that's where we met. I that's where Chris and I met for <laughs> when the it was first time. when it was called what was it called Tony Romes. Tony Romes. and the owner of Tony Romes used to do a ton of blow, and he would be out there in a suit coat talking to people in the bar. And I remember me and my friend Bob, who was a groomsman in my wedding, had each other in headlocks one night, just drunk. We were doing Long Island iced tea races, and he comes out and goes, "You guys are friends. What are you doing?" And I go, you're allowing this to continue. You're not even trying to break it up. What's wrong with you? That's the type of establishment we're talking about. <laughs> Mooney's, Chris, Tony Rome's was missed. Mooney's had no identity and their food was terrible. They over, they imagine overcooking a piece of grilled chicken. Oh, it's, it's an unforgivable sin. Yeah. Chris, what's worse than, over, than dry chicken? Uh, your chili. My chili rules. <laughs> well, I hate chili in general, so I know. I my ribs. You, I hate your ribs. I don't eat ribs because of you. Ouch. So yeah, I puked. I puked. Guys, all so, over. So long, sayonara to Moonies over there on fucking Union. I need a beer. Oh, you need a beer? I'm what? I'm out. No, we need one for this. We got time. Because here's it. Now we need to keep talking through this beer. No, because we're going to close the show out like this. Ryan, final thoughts. You said something the other day that really struck me. As we were talking about what this week is going to look like, the trade deadline, what this team should be thinking and what they will be thinking and how like we felt emotionally about them before they lost to the Patriots. This was well before they lost to the New England Patriots. You kind of regaled me with the story of your family's history with sports mm. and how always rooting for the team that's just close enough. What a detriment that is to you personally. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. So your grandfather, mm -hmm. you got to watch him. What was your sport? It was baseball. He's a Red Sox fan. Okay, so let's talk about it. Grew up a Red Sox fan, right? Yeah. So and everybody knows the history of the Red Sox. And... It was, you know, just year after year. This is our year. This is our year, kid. It's this year. This is the team, right? This is the one. And it, it never came. It never came. And this is a man who lived through, you know, served in World War II, you know, survived that, lived a long life, you know, as a milk delivery guy, just a normal salt-of-the-earth guy, loved his, loved his baseball, Loved his family, and he passed before he ever got to see the Red Sox win one. And it just, he, every year, I watched what it was like for him to invest in a team, so much into a team, that this is the year. And he was... The Aaron Boone? Aaron fucking Boone. It was, like, it was that was the year for the Sox, right? Like, it was... 
so those of you who know, right, Aaron fucking Boone, it was game seven. They had the lead. Boone hits the home run. Goes on to lose to the Marlins. Everybody felt the Marlins didn't belong in that World Series. This was the year, right? Marlins had already advanced to the World Series. Everybody knew what was at stake. This is the year, kid, right? Like, this is our season. The Red Sox came in as a wild card that year, but they had gotten hot. They were the better team in that Mm -hmm. series against the Yankees. They were the better squad. They had that game won. And you just watched it, you know, crush them. This is like, a man who fought a war. Because this is this and is, he's crushed by a baseball. Because game. this is as you age, as we've aged, we've talked about this when it came right. new stadium time and stuff like that. You start to compartmentalize and wrestle with, you know, I don't want to get too deep, but you start to wrestle with morality or you know of your own, you know, mortality, right? And for him, it was, you know, he's in his eighties, mm-hmm. like if not this year. Then never. We, this might be. This is a year, kid. Right? Like because because he thought it was the year and he wanted it to be the year at the same time. Right? Yep. And now, you know, I look at my father, who's I've had season tickets with him. We go to every game together. He's been there next to me at almost every game that he can make it to. He's now in his seventies, and he's told me, you know, my my last game that I go to will be the first game in the new stadium. And then I'm not going to go to games anymore. It's just I'm too old. I can't do it. You know, yada, yada. Right. And, and you and I had this conversation yesterday and I, I had this conversation with another group yesterday as well, where um, I've, I've come to the realization as big a Bills fan as I am, as much as I've invested in this team, I've had season tickets for 20 plus years. I own more Bills clothes than I own any other clothes combined. Right. I've, I've started to come up with the, the idea that I don't want my son my daughter to watch this team do to me what i've watched it do to my dad first time i ever saw my father cry my father and my uncle both wide right right i I, the first time and probably one of four times in my entire life i've ever seen him cry that that team did that to him right now i look at the bills they finally break the drought they've got a Star quarterback, best quarterback that we've had in franchise history. And I'll fight anyone who disagrees with me. Mm-hmm. Best quarterback they've ever had in franchise history. Best wide receiver they've ever had in franchise history. 13 seconds. Then it's retool, got the team. We beat the Chiefs in the regular season. And you get embarrassed against Cincinnati. My father's sitting right next to me getting embarrassed against Cincinnati at home. And I told you this yesterday, and I stick by it because I thought on it after we talked about this. My, my fandom will not survive if this team does not go out and win a Super Bowl before my father passes away. When my father's time is up, if the Bills have not won a Super Bowl, I will not survive that as a fan. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. This team is, and we've talked about it a couple times tonight, at a certain point, you have to go for it. The message has to come from the top down, from the bottom up. Someone has to make the message that at a certain point, and we say it all the time in business, we say it all the time in our personal lives, shit or get off the pot. You've got a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback. Are you going to be, you've got the quarterback, you've got the receiver. Are you going to be the head coach that gets compared forevermore 
to Marvin Lewis, John Fox, Norv Turner, in, Norv Turner Marty insert, Schottenheimer, insert, Marty Schottenheimer, insert middling coach here, Jeff Fisher, whoever you know, whatever. Jeff Fisher, five hundred record for an forever. entire entire career. Fuck right? that guy forever. Are you going to be Ron Rivera? This, you know, all these coaches it. on and on and on and on. You, and on, you right? love Ron Rivera. You will be him. Are you going to be the- Sean? You will be Sean. Needs to understand that you will be Ron Rivera mm-hmm. for your entire life, and your career will be much shorter. And I'll go another you step. Do not figure this out, Brandon Bean. Are He's you going to be the GM? Are you going to be the? GM? Do you want to get sucked down by that guy? Are you going to be the GM who got flowers, all the credit in the world for going out and bringing Stefan Diggs to this team in Buffalo? Yep. And what does it mean? If he retires a bill or leaves this team without a Super Bowl win, it means fuck all is what it means. Mm-hmm. So are you going to be the, 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 the GM that doubles down and says our window isn't going to close yeah. because I'm going to kick it open by going out and making a deal? And again, it's not my job to figure out what that deal is. It's not anyone's job on no. Twitter to figure out what that deal is. It's the job of the professional GM who's getting paid to build a roster and the professional coach who's getting paid to coach a football team to go out, shit or get off the pot, he and stri- he strikes- go strike now. He strikes the me open. as the mayor in Ghostbusters where it's like, you need to be swayed by somebody. I don't know who, but it's like, look, it's we. what we needed is a Peter Venkman who's willing to go in there and go, Murray, look, look, what. So what if I'm wrong? Then we go to jail. We'll do it peacefully, quietly. But if I'm right, yeah, and you make these calls, then you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. Like you're talking <laughs> yeah. about that, but that's someone in the building has to be able to have that sway. In in all the successful franchises, it's the head coach mm-hmm. whose eyes are on the offense. Yep. I don't give a fuck if you think that, hey, we need to make a couple defensive trades, and that's what it's going to be. I don't care what it is. You need to make something happen, whether it's in-house, whether it's structurally, philosophizing, philosophically, it doesn't matter. It has to be different. And if it isn't, guess what? You're all going to get fired. Mm-hmm. I would rather, and I always say this, I'd rather be the guy who goes out on my shield than back comes slinking back with it. Mm-hmm. And then I got to, what, slink off into mediocrity? Nah, yeah. I'll die. It's that dynamic here that they need to find. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think we're all feeling a little bit of Ryan the way he feels now. I'm looking at this going, if you just keep this together, how much more am I supposed to give a shit? Right. How much more am I supposed to care if you keep this going? You hit the nail on the head, man, and I just hope that they have something. Something. It's on them to show it to us in the ted- the trade deadline's approaching. We're going to talk about it in this week's AFC's roundup for tonight. we got to get the fuck out of here because Chris is already rounding it up for fi- about five minutes. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. It's Ryan Lasel. Ryan, where can people follow you on social media? At, uh, at Ryan Lason underscore RSN. And uh, make sure you check me out on uh, hashtag sports as well. I do a lot of stuff with Mario and Paul over there, a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff. So make sure you follow them on all the socials also so you know when we go live. We got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear, Chris Kruger, Ryan Lasel. This has been the Rock Pile Report.